0: Welcome in. This is Religionless Christianity, and today we're talking about sin and sinners. Would you be better off dead? And, uh, you know, Billy Joel said, I'd rather laugh with sinners than cry with the saints. And I would say Billy Joel's an idiot, with all due respect, of course. So anyways, before we dive into this episode, honey, is there anything you would like to say?
1: I just thank God that you're um calf injury from last weekend is not serious spencer hurt himself playing basketball
0: seems to be a regular topic and prayer request on this show is yeah. please pray for me because i'm falling apart <laughs> and you know i love working out i love sports um, and all that and typically i work out about six days a week not because i think i have to necessarily but i just enjoy it you know i don't like sitting around So that's what I normally do. And it feels like I'm just constantly hurting something. Um, My body just doesn't like to work out quite as much as my brain does, I guess. But uh, yeah, I was out (laughs) for a run on Saturday and went for like a five-mile run and then came back and told my boys I'd played pig with them outside at the basketball hoop and played some pig. I won, by the way. Um, And then we got done (laughs) and I asked them if they wanted to play 21. And so we started playing 21 and I was dribbling the ball and I thought somebody like hit me with a rock in the calf. I heard it felt like I heard it hit me. So I stopped and was limping around and I asked him because one of my sons was playing defense on me. and I was like, did you kick me or like punch me in the calf? And he's like, no. So I hobbled inside and I've been getting better. It's not quite as debilitating anymore. And, um, yeah, so just old man body just breaking down, you know, pretty soon I'm just going to twist my ankle walking down the street. <laughs> it's falling apart, but pray for me. Um, yeah.
1: pray that he doesn't get these injuries basically doing nothing because yeah. they can just spring up.
0: They don't seem to do that on everybody. They <laughs> do it on me quite a bit. So, uh, I'm trying to tone it down to three days a week, a week working out. Uh, I've told everybody I know I'm getting on Tom Brady's TV 12 method just stretching and eating avocado ice cream and drinking two gallons of water a day I'm doing the two gallons of water I can do that everything else we'll see um, but also pray for our show we are we've submitted our podcast to kind of be included in the Christian podcast community and it's a pretty lengthy process to get uh, accepted and um, we are okay if we don't get accepted we just want to know that it's God's will and we're in a place that's beneficial to us and to them. Um, so just be praying that God's will would be done in that situation, whether it happens or it don't, uh, or it doesn't, I should say. This is a podcast. I should talk right. Um, <laughs> you guys won't know this, but Nikki corrects like all of my notes. She's going through. She's like, you spelled this wrong. I'm like, it's my note. Who cares? She cares. So
1: Somebody can tell if you say then or than.
0: I'll speak properly for her. <laughs> um, But yeah, so pray for us on those things. And then um, before we dive into our biblical topic, and uh, we're going to take a look at the news. And I believe last week, I forgot to give you guys a sermon recommendation. So we will make up for that here with a, I think, pretty good sermon recommendation. And uh, so yeah, before we uh, get to that Bible topic, we will do our weekly trek through the shadow, the valley of the shadow of death. Uh, as we like to call our trek through the news media that
2: is what it and, feels uh, like and
0: it was a busy news week i feel like some important stories happened so uh, the first one that we got here i got from newsweek and if you just want to read that headline honey
1: yes yeah, a cdc director rochelle walensky is that right yeah <laughs> uh, tweets after backlash over omicron death comments
0: yeah so if I'm sure you guys have seen this if you're tied into the news at all. Um, but yeah, she went on to uh good morning America and she said right here, the quote, she said, the overwhelming number of deaths over 75% occurred in people who had at least four comorbidities. So really these are people who are unwell to begin with and yes, really encouraging news in the context of Omicron. So, um, that stat obviously got the vaccine crowd up in arms, you know, and, uh, you can go online and I saw Snopes and you can probably find a million other websites, um, you know, pro-vax websites and stuff that fact check this statement, of course, <laughs> um, are guardians of truth as they would like to present themselves. Um, mm. so they're not fact checking what she said, cause that's what she said, Yeah, but, um, they're trying to clarify that what she was talking about was specifically amongst those who had been vaccinated. Um, so the argument then isn't, uh, or it's the VAX works. So the only people that are going to the hospital mm-hmm. are those with comorbidities. That's kind of her point there.
1: So that would be a positive.
0: Yes. Yeah. That would be a positive, but So yeah, because it's supposed to be a pro-vax message, right? So hey, get the vaccine, you're good to go unless you have a comorbidity. Right. Um, But I just don't see that. Like the only people that have ever been affected by COVID, by and large, are people with comorbidities, Um, especially those who have died. And uh, I went and pulled this Vaxed uh, or not. Yeah, with or without the the shot, it's literally the same thing. Um, And we see, you know, especially with the vaccine, within a month or two. Any seeming benefit that the vaccine might have had at one point is almost negligible, and it doesn't work really at all for Omicron. So essentially, yeah, I mean, you get the vaccine, you get a booster, you got a month or two of semi-protection. Although even the protection they give you is so, in my mind, so easily made up. Yeah, you know the idea that like it, um, it lessens the effects. Like, you could literally like that. say that for anything. You yeah. could go, oh, well, you were just in a medical-induced coma for the last six months, but you could have died. You're like, okay, I'm well, sure. Well, even if
1: you take vitamin C, that's going to lessen the effects.
0: All right, shut up, you kook. Don't go down that road. <laughs> you these can people don't say the same <laughs> thing
1: for anything
0: right. that's healthy, you know? So I went and pulled these stats from the CDC website, and this was back in July, so before Omicron, but... I mean, nothing's changed. Omicron's just less uh, serious than the rest of them. It spreads faster, I suppose, but it's less serious. Whatever, I don't know. I don't care. Um, But from July of 2021, um, and in here, you know, it says the headline underlying medical conditions and severe illness um, is the study. And even in this introduction, it says severe COVID-19 illness in adults has been linked to underlying medical conditions um, frequent underlying conditions attribute risk of severe COVID-19 illness. And then it goes on in this article to say that of the 4.8 million people that were hospitalized that year. So it was total like people that just went to the hospital 4.8 million total. Um, and that's in this little paragraph here. I can actually put this on the screen for you guys. Um, this little paragraph here and, uh, And again, like always, these stories will be linked in the show notes. You can go check them out if I'm reading this wrong. But it says of those 4.8 million that were hospitalized, 11% of those were with COVID, not for COVID, with COVID. And of that 11%, 94.9% had comorbidities. Mm. So 94.9% of 11% had comorbidities, which Mm -hmm. basically says 5.1% of 11%. So 5% of 11, which is what less than 1%. um, It hurts my brain. It's public math, but I think that's less than 1% of the people that were hospitalized (laughs) were hospitalized solely because of COVID is what that's saying as of July,
1: 2021. But That little 1% is making the the, hospitals be overwhelmed.
0: That's what they say, but you can even take this a step further and look at like deaths. And again, I pulled this from, Oh, let me see if I can find it. Uh, I don't have it pulled up. I'll try to have it on the screen if I can find it. But this is from Statista.com or stati- Statista? I don't know.com. Mm-hmm. Um And it says, and it's from the end of 2021, so December 29th. And it said that in total, 814,806 people in the U.S. had died from COVID. But if you look at those numbers, of that total number, only 55,438 were under the age of 50. So 14.7% of the total deaths are under 50. And obviously that number drops dramatically the lower in age you get. But that means that 85.3% of the deaths in this country from COVID, in my mind, had at least one comorbidity. They were old. That's basically a comorbidity, as sad as it sounds. So... She said what she said, and it was true with or without the vax. Yeah. COVID is dangerous for you if you're older or you have comorbidities. The shot doesn't change anything. Um, Mm -hmm. So I just found that interesting. People are up in arms, but I don't know what new information that brought to us.
1: I guess they Um, could look at it. I don't know. People always try to take things and, yeah, I don't know, negatively. They'd want to be offended.
0: But, you know, on the, uh, the positive side of things there, in other news, uh, the Pfizer CEO, Albert Barilla, Barilla, Borla, in an interview with JP Morgan Healthcare Conference, um, emphasizing the importance of a third shot um, to boost people's protection, he said, two doses, uh, they're not enough for Omicron. The third dose of the current vaccine is providing quite good protection against deaths and decent protection against hospitalization. So uh so much for that 95% effective claim they had yeah. all those uh remember that months ago all, all, but yeah. They don't have to lie about that anymore. They yeah. can just so There was just so
1: many things said about it all. It all like I forget about some of it. Every week there was just some other discussion about it, something somebody else said. There's just too much to remember.
0: Well, and what's so frustrating too is this like and this happens not just with COVID, but it's with anything like when you actually start buying into a lie, you almost like you have to convince yourself that it's true or just continue the lie even when you know you're lying for basically the sake of your own pride. And I think that's a lot of what's going on, especially with these companies and, you know, we're like, no, no, you have to get the vaccine. Um, And I think a lot of it is because like, you know, I had to right? like I bought into whatever the hype and the hysteria was. I got it. You have to, too. Even though it doesn't do anything for you, you're going to be in this boat with me here. And yeah. like, because I bought into the hysteria earlier, the lie, whatever it happens to be, or you just Nobody. you bought into it because you wanted it to be true. And God yeah. bless you for that. It wasn't your fault that these people are corrupt liars. It's their fault. And they sold you something that was untrue. But I think a lot of the people, and not on the individual basis, you know, like your grandma, your cousin, but on these large, you know, Mm -hmm. big tech, government, all these people, like, they bought into it. They went down this road. So they're demanding everybody else comes along with them. And it's just a weird thing that sin and lying makes you do, Mm -hmm. like, even against your own conscience, like, very few people are willing to walk down the road of like, I was wrong, really believed in that. And it was dead wrong. Like
1: while been reading Proverbs, how people don't want to be corrected. Like you're wise. If you love instruction.
0: Yeah.
1: People don't want to be corrected at all. It's pride. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think it's pride. And, you know, just, I want to try to make these articles applicable to Christians. I don't want to just look at the news Mm. for the sake of looking at it. So, you know, why is this important for Christians? Um, first, I think it's important to be aware that, you know, we're being lied to, um, you know, so much of what we dealt with surrounding COVID has been marred with lies, and I think really, if you're just unable to see that or unwilling to see that, you're just inviting more lies. Um, but then again, with that, you know, lying is sinful. Um, Proverbs twelve two or twelve twenty two tells us that lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who deal faithfully are His delight. And then, um, if you want to read Proverbs six sixteen through seventeen
1: says, there are six things which the Lord hates. Yes, seven, which are an abomination to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue.
0: A lying tongue, um, yeah. It's an abomination to the Lord. And, you know, we're not saying that COVID is a lie or the vaccine is a lie, but so much surrounding um, it and the people that have been in charge are. There's so many lies and there's so many liars that are in charge of it. And really, unless they're held accountable, they'll be learning that this sort of manipulation works, yeah. you know, and it'll just become more and more commonplace. This is what we've seen in the racism argument. You mm-hmm. know, they started this years ago and it seemed to take hold. So now anytime you're disagreeing at all, you're a racist. Hey, you know, something bad happened to a minority, racist, racist, right. Cause they learned that Yeah. Um. It's no different than a kid throwing a, te- a temper tantrum in a store. If he throws a temper tantrum, you buy him the candy bar. He knows the temper tantrum works, right? Yeah. It's no different. These guys are giant Just babies uh, with power. So, and then secondly, in regards to COVID, you know, as a whole over the last two years, you know, Christians, we're told we're supposed to live by faith and not fear. Um, that's a Christian tenet that we should adhere mm-hmm. to. And, you know, the thing is, is like being consumed by fear for two years and then coming out of it now that you realize that it really wasn't as bad and being like, mm-hmm. woo, time to live by faith. No, you already blew it. You live by fear. You know, like it's Mm -hmm. too late. The idea that, you know, faith over fear is that you don't give in to fear in the first place. You Mm -hmm. stand on God's truth. You trust that he's in control. He's sovereign over everything. Mm -hmm. COVID didn't catch God off guard. Um, You know, because the thing is, is there's going to be another COVID. It might not be called COVID. It'll be called something else. There's going to be another terrorist attack. There's going to be another economic crisis. You know, so you need to resolve to stand by faith now mm-hmm. so that you're prepared I'm sure when there's that more comes. Coming.
1: You gotta know. I think they've been planning this for years.
0: Oh, and you listen to Dr. Fauci, around, he has been.
1: This time around, it worked. And they know what works, how to control people. And why would they why would they let up?
0: They won't. They're power hungry and that's what they're going for. And they've learned it's worked. So yeah. again, you got to start building up that faith muscle, you know, so that you're not going to succumb to, you know, the fear porn, as we like to call it, that, you know, those lies of Satan and his children, you know, mm-hmm. that's living by faith. It's not giving into fear for two years and then finally realizing your fear was unfounded and going, yeah, I have faith. Like, no, no, the faith overrides the fear. That's the thing the you're
1: afraid of. You're not afraid of. anyone. Yeah.
0: So, uh, and there's nothing wrong if you, I mean, there is something wrong, but if you were fearful, again, as we so often say, like, you can take that to God in prayer. Lord, forgive me for my fear. Yeah, like, help me to stand in faith. Help me to know that you're for me and not against me. Those sorts of things. So yep. um, that was a big one in the news. Also in the news, uh, Bob Saget of Full House fame. Uh, he was Danny Tanner. The dad died this week. So if you're a big Full House fan, yeah. Full House seemed to be a good show when we were kids. That's
1: how people view him. But if you watch the
0: reboot, we tried to watch it. We're like, whoa, this is like super oversexualized." <laughs> like,
1: I just want you know it was really going on.
0: Yeah. No, Danny That's Tanner the or truth. Bob Saget was not Danny Tanner in real life. Um, but he's dead. Um, also, in a bit of good uh, Save the Republic news, uh, OSHA's mandated vaccine or test policy was thrown out this week um, by... Uh, Where's my article? There it is. Um, Was thrown out by the Supreme Court. So that is good news. And um, if you want to hear basically the propagandist angle on this, I have this article from CNN Politics. So you know it's fair and balanced, right? Um, It says right here, the decision is huge hit to Biden's attempts to use the power of the federal government to fight the COVID-19 pandemic. Ah, what a kind-hearted man to have government <laughs> overreach to fight a virus instead of just government overreach for the sake of government overreach. Um, but then it wow. says the president has emphasized the necessity of getting vaccinated against the virus for months, and he eventually decided to use the mandate on large company or large large employers as the main vehicle for convincing hesitant Americans to get the vaccine or get their shots. Not convincing, convincing. strong-arming. Strong, yes. <laughs> uh, so that's a nice propaganda spin on. Wow. Uh, Nobody's OSHA's... convinced. There yeah. is no
1: convincing. Everybody going on. that
0: was going to be convinced was convinced six, yeah. seven months ago. Everybody else that took it since then yeah. was coerced or strong. Everybody's
1: mind is made up, and anybody who takes it from here on out doesn't believe in it. Still,
0: no. There's. I would imagine there's nobody on planet Earth who, at this point, yeah. goes. I looked at the science and it's solid. I'm taking the vaccine. Everybody's like, I ain't taking that crap. It don't work. So unless their boss goes, really? I'm going to fire you then. Like we just saw a story. I'll try to have it up here. A family with a, I believe it was a four-year-old leukemia patient was just thrown out of the Ronald McDonald house or, or they're being kicked out because they weren't vaccinated. So in order to be in the Ronald McDonald house with your leukemia infected child, You've got to be vaccinated or they're going to throw you out in the snow. But well, um, The
1: child can't can stay in the hospital. Don't the parent. Maybe I have it wrong. The parents Potentially. Stay in the Ronald um,
0: house. You have to check the story out for yourself. I am guilty on this one of just sort of hearing the headline version of it. But seems pretty. Uh, That's hard. Scummy to me, um, you know, but.
2: Wow. Yeah.
0: So and then in the moving on with the news, probably the strangest story of the week. Um, this one right here. Do you want to read this headline, honey?
1: Oh, gosh. Maryland doctors transplant pig's heart into human patient in Medical First. Yeah, this
0: Mm. one's creepy. And then down in this first paragraph here, it says, In Medical First, doctors in Maryland have transplanted a genetically modified pig's heart into a human patient in a last-ditch effort. To save his life. Why and is that a
1: last ditch effort? Like there's no other hearts but this, like, where did they get, I guess, I need to read the whole article. I just heard you talk
0: yeah. about it. But
2: well, like, and I don't even care about from? the
0: article. The pig heart <laughs> makes no difference to me. This scares me uh, personally, and it makes me concerned about our future. Um,
2: a last you know, ditch
0: effort. Not that we're all going to be obviously getting animal organs, um, you know, <laughs> put into us. But with the advancement of medical um, practices and sort of this availability of biotech, AI on the horizon, like how many people are going to be in this guy's shoes, right? Uh, last ditch effort to save my life, you know? And they're going to be walking down this road again of fear, because that's what this strikes me as it's a last ditch effort to save my life. I've got to hold on to it with everything I have, put a pig heart inside of me instead of being like, Lord, you know, like Simeon. Uh, you know, basically says, Lord, you allowed me to be here long enough to see your Uh, savior. I'm ready to come home, you know, but who's got, how many of us have that faith or how many of us are more like this man that like, yeah, give me whatever the biotech, the pig heart when AI is available. Yeah. Give me some, you know, turn me into a cyborg. You know, you watch the black mirror and it just creeps you out inside because you know how truthful that is um when the technology is available my favorite book um one of my favorite books uh, is the timekeeper by oh, Mitch Album yeah. if you haven't read it oh, for the love of god i encourage you to go buy this book it's like 80 pages it's small you can read it in a setting in 2 to 3 hours it's really quick <laughs> but it touches on this idea of time and inside there you know it talks about people that cryogenically freeze themselves and this idea you know Walt Disney did this, you know, right. Freeze myself. So when the technology is available, I can live forever. This fear of death. And that's what this strikes me as. And it's sin. Um, I I don't know how any other way to say it. And Mm -hmm. I posted this meme uh, earlier this week. I'm going to try to pull it up here because as I was reading this story, I just thought it was so fitting. Um, And if you're not following us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Mm -hmm. podcasting, go and follow us and like us on all the things. But he says here in Psalms 90, I pulled verse 10 and 12. And he says, the years of our life are 70 or even by reason of strength, 80. Yet their span is but toil and trouble. They are soon gone and we fly away. So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom.
2: Mm.
0: And like, that's what we should be doing. Numbering our days, I love that song. You know, looking with anticipation towards this life coming to an end. Right? Paul said, "You know, to live is Christ, to die is gain." Um, looking forward to Nobody's that eternity. Nobody's
1: excited to just be with to be with God. Yeah, it's and like I would say this, this is life a, too much.
0: A fear. F- now, not to say that there isn't benefit to medical treatment. Right? You shatter your hip. Yes, a that's hip different. replacement like improving your life while you're here. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But the idea of like, I'm going to do everything to stay alive as long as possible. First off, I think it's prideful. Cause even if your argument is like, I want to be here for my family. You don't think God cares more about your family than you do. You don't think he can provide better than you can. But let I mean, if you're truthful, most people might say that, but that's not really where their heart is. They're fearful of death. Um mm-hmm. uh, that's why they want to cling to this life as long as possible. So Yeah.
1: And I was just just people don't think about like how short their life is. Like what it's supposed to be, you know, 70 or 80, you know. Um but the truth is our lives are not our own and we're trying to be God or trying to live forever and I was thinking about Adam and Eve in the garden and God said um you know they have to leave the garden lest they eat of the tree of life and live forever in sin. Like, they'd have, they would have never died. God would have never been able to wipe out all the people in Noah's day. Like, there never would have been death. God couldn't, he wouldn't have wiped anybody out. He would never have been able to demonstrate his wrath in that way. There'd be no fear of God if you could live forever. And this is the thing, is people don't, there's no fear of God. They want to live yeah. forever, and they think they're never going to have to meet God. And I think that's just the the same mindset. That's what people want. So there's a reason he he doesn't want us to live forever in sin. And it's like once you have peace with God through Jesus, you long to be with Him. You're going to welcome those days. And um, I know somebody just shared something. I wish I could pull it up, but it was um, just about a Christian martyr, and he was you know about to be killed, and he was just saying. Welcome, like welcoming it, like goodbye, world, and all its pleasures. Goodbye, everything in the world that I enjoyed. And welcome, Christ. Welcome, all the things of heaven. Like we need that mindset.
0: No, we and do. If and if we
1: don't, we need to like, like just ponder this. Why don't I have that mindset?
0: Yeah, I mean, and you see this mindset in some of the most faithful. Um, I posted this uh, meme as well. So again, follow us if you want my sweet memes. <laughs> Um, but from Martin Luther, you know, this quote struck me, um, when I read it, because he's talking about, he had two friends of his that were martyred for their Mm -hmm. Christian faith during the reformation, um, for standing up against the Catholic church. And when he heard about it, he said, I thought I would be the first to be martyred Mm -hmm. for the sake of this Holy gospel. And then he ends by saying, but I was not worthy of it. Mm. Like Martin Luther in his mind, he counted himself worthy to be killed for his faith, not to cling on to it and be like, well, if I don't stand up and preach, then who's this Reformation's gonna fall? Mm. No, he was like, I want to count myself worthy to be killed <laughs> for my faith. And I was like, so I see stories like this and it freaks me out. And I'm afraid that Christians or people that would at least call themselves Christians don't have this like, longing or this hopeful expectation Mm, of eternity to come you know where we will be with jesus and uh you know maybe it's because they have this false idea that like we're all just going to be standing around singing psalms to the lord for eternity and you know
2: Mm.
0: so maybe they just have a false idea of heaven but like (laughs) if you find yourself in the hospital and they're like we got this uh cow heart. if you want to stick it in your chest be like I'm okay. I'm gonna go see my Lord. Uh, wish you all well, but uh, don't, yeah, don't be fearful of death. That's all that strikes me. It's at, just so.
1: weird because you don't like people don't want aborted human DNA from vaccines, or they just don't want to even take a vaccine that was created using that, and then to go that far to just take a Pixar. heart—that just seems like such like an abomination. Like you're created in the image of God, and animals are not created in the image of God, and to go and like make that a part of you and it's like a new creation and it's not, I don't know. It just.
0: Yeah. Again, it's weird. And it definitely walks that line of like medical advancement is great. And I'm sure that there's stuff that's been brewed in you know, whatever kind of animal embryo and it saved lives or made life better, but you're kind of crossing that line of like, it's kind of life improvement and clinging to life as long as possible. So yeah. Allowing God.
1: To have his way with you. Like he already has all your days numbered. You get God's yeah. like, oh, today's the day you're gonna die. Oh, never mind. You found a way out of it. <laughs>
0: yeah. You're gonna show up to heaven with a pig heart and God's gonna be like, set in your chest. What? <laughs> Nothing. All right. Okay. Um, but this last story, um, and I saw this one kind of blowing up my Twitter feed, I guess. I was kind of unsure of what was going on. Uh, but it's John MacArthur. Um So, John MacArthur this week kind of came under some fire. And, um, you know, it was just struck me as weird because, I mean, you can find a lot of people to disagree about a lot of different Christians, you know, but there's very few people that speak ill about John MacArthur. He's one of the more well respected, you know, Christian pastors and theologians in the world. Um, So, when I started seeing his name get kind of drugged through the mud, I was like, this is weird, but. This story comes from the Daily Wire, um, and it was kind of the gist of it is really just the God-haters, soulless political pundits, and, you know, otherwise people that are just slaves to the media um, kind of caught wind of this clip where John MacArthur um, says that he, he doesn't agree with religious freedom. Um, And he kind of goes on to say why he doesn't agree with it, but they edit out. So the title of this is clip of Pastor John MacArthur had critics pouncing. Turns out it was edited. So, you know, these political pundits like down here, it says dozens of political and religious pundits posted their videos to their large social media platforms. Political commentator David French tweeted the clip. Calling it disturbing. He added in a second post there's an astonishing arrogance in MacArthur's statement and an astonishing lack of respect for dissent from his version of the truth. Oh my goodness. And, you know, I'm not even so concerned necessarily with what MacArthur said. It sounds like he was taken out of context. You can go check the article out for yourself, see if you agree. Um, But it's just the fact that we're still such slaves to this godless left, this godless media class. And we just so easily swallow their lies.
2: Mm-hmm. Like,
0: in my opinion, and this is what I do when I read it, because when I saw this Twitter feed, I was like, this is stupid, right? They're trashing John MacArthur. Like, you should be- disbelieve everything you hear yeah. on the media, read on social media. You should disbelieve all of it until you go and do your own research. That's true. And determ- so you should, don't oh, John MacArthur anything. said something? <laughs> I don't believe that but let me go and see what he really said. Go find it and then make up your own mind because they're liars. The truth is not in them. And this is a perfect example of it. Um, But then especially, this is in talk me and Nikki were having just before we came on here. Even more so when you're talking about Christian and men of faith, you should be absolutely resistant to the lies of the media when it comes to a Christian man or woman and especially one of, such high praise as John MacArthur, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: like you should never just believe what the godless left says about a Christian until you do, you know, take what they say and go research it yourself. But then even more than that, this idea that someone like David French or these so-called Christian leaders that are telling you John MacArthur's off his rocker, and they're going to tell you what the Christian truth is, like how proudful or prideful and like arrogant of you to go John MacArthur said religious freedom shouldn't be allowed. What a crackpot. Like, yeah. what an idiot. Instead of going, that's a really smart man, yeah, a very godly man. Yeah. Let me go and see what exactly he said and why he said it. And then even when you read it, if that's exactly what he said, you ought to do some introspection and go, I don't agree with that, but am I wrong? Yeah. You may be yeah. right, ultimately. And you know, come to the fact that, hey, he was off base here, but just the idea that you would read something that a John MacArthur might say and go, he's wrong. What an idiot. Discard him. Instead of going, I've never thought of that, or I don't agree with it. Let me look at myself. Let me open the word of God up. Let me reach out and email his church Mm -hmm. and see what he meant, see to clarify. Mm -hmm. But instead we just go, oh, I saw a headline on Twitter. John MacArthur said, Oh, he's an idiot. I'm never reading a John MacArthur book or listening to a sermon again. Like, now you're the idiot. You're a fool, and you're being led around by liars and godless. We're supposed
1: to test all things. People apply that to pastors, you know, test all things any teacher, but they don't apply it to
0: reporters. Well, test all things, but then test yourself, and also give these. I would say give godly men and women the benefit of the doubt in all these situations. Like, don't just use what you know, and say, that's all there is to ever know. My point of view sure. is the only point of view to ever have, um, going forward. Again, you don't have to necessarily agree with him, but you should at least look inside yourself, what you know, what you believe and go, you know, is this right? Am I right? Is, you know, whatever happens to be. So just super irritating to see people trash. Cause once it's out there, it's out there, right? Like most people aren't going to do what we did, and go and look to see what John MacArthur did. Listen to a sermon, read a couple articles, read what John MacArthur said. They're just gonna go. He doesn't believe in religious freedom. Screw that guy. Like, and they're off. They're on to watching, you know, somebody twerk on TikTok. They don't know. Um, <laughs> but now John MacArthur's name is ruined because people like David French are smarter than everyone else, and they know Christianity better than John MacArthur. And it's so that gets under my skin yeah. a lot. So.
2: Good
0: rant. Um, <laughs> anywho, uh, off of the news, let's get to our Bible topic of the week. Um, so yeah, would you be better off dead? That's what we're talking about this week. And uh this verse really just jumped off the page when I read it. Um, you know, there's there's certain times when you, you know, you've probably read a passage, and that's why the Bible's living and breathing, mm-hmm. word of God, because yeah. you can read the same passage for 30 years and then you read it one more time and you go. Oh my God, that's like, it just changes the way you see it. And that's what this Mm -hmm. verse did to me. So if you want to read, honey, right here, Matthew 18, 5 through 9.
1: Yes. Uh, Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and to be drowned in the depth of the sea.
0: So here Jesus is saying, hey, if you cause one of these children to sin, uh, it'd be better for you to die. Basically, that's what he says, right? And that's an incredible statement. Um, But what's more incredible is he didn't stop talking there. Uh, (laughs) He keeps saying more. And, um, you know, I had the thought when I was reading it, I was like, man, you want to know what it sounds like when Jesus is angry? Well, keep reading, Uh, keep, you know, read Matthew 18, seven through nine. Um, so if you want to read the rest of that, honey. Okay,
1: it says, Woe to the world for temptations to sin. For it is necessary that temptations come, but woe to the one by whom the temptation comes. And if your hand or your foot causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life crippled or lame than with two hands or two feet to be thrown into the eternal fire. And if your eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life with one eye than with two eyes to be thrown into the hell of fire.
0: And see, this is why I think we miss a lot of the things in Scripture, because that's how we read Scripture, and that's how we interpret Scripture, that Jesus is sitting there going, woe to the world for temptation to sin. But really what he's saying <laughs> he's is, calm. <laughs> if you read the verse, he says, woe to the world for temptations to sin! Exclamation mark. For yelling. it is necessary that temptations come, but woe to the one that one by whom the temptation comes, exclamation mark. So he's sitting there and they're saying, because the story starts by them going, hey, Jesus, who's the greatest in the kingdom? And he basically stiff arms them and is like, I'm the greatest in the kingdom. Like, if you believe in me, or you know, if you have the faith like a child, you receive me. That's what he tells them. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't care about your greatest argument. I'm the greatest. But then he goes right into a bigger point. If you cause one of these little kids to sin, it'd be better off if you were dead. So think how quickly he flips that conversation. The Mm -hmm. disciples are like, Lord, tell us who's the greatest disciple. And he's like, you want to know who's great? How about this? If you cause one of these kids to sin, better if you go and die. And they're like, wait, what? That's not what we were talking about. And then he goes right into woe to the world for temptation to sin, exclamation mark. And then you know, it's necessary that temptation comes, but woe to the one by whom temptation comes, exclamation mark. Then he talks about cutting your hand off, plucking your yeah. eye out, or you're going to get thrown into hell. And you're like, that's yeah. a tough conversation. Like you can just imagine disciples sitting around going, what? <laughs> like, <was he> t- <laughs> what is, why are we getting yelled at right now? And I'm not saying Jesus was necessarily yelling at them. But this is a stern lecture, and I would imagine an incredibly important point that Jesus is trying to make here. Yeah,
1: I think when there's exclamation points, you really need to pay attention to it. And these things, we were talking about it, they represent sacrifices. So what are you willing to sacrifice in order to not be the cause of temptation in someone's life? And what are you willing to sacrifice or to stop doing um, to remove a temptation from your life, something that you can control? So it's two different kinds of temptation. Like you don't be the temptation and you move, remove yourself from a temptation.
0: Yeah, because he starts it off by saying like, woe to the person who's tempting. Yeah. And then also, if you are being tempted, get rid of whatever's tempting you. Um, yeah.
1: And I don't think we think about it a lot in the ways we might be tempting somebody else. We're like, oh, I'm in control. I'm in control of my own temptations. I can handle this. I can handle this situation and I'm fine. So we're used to thinking that way, but are we ever thinking, what am I doing that's causing somebody else to be tempted and falling into sin? Although everybody is responsible for what they do when they give in, but you are also in trouble for causing them to be tempted. Yeah. Nobody wants to talk about that.
0: And I think this verse gets, I don't know that it gets missed a lot necessarily, but I think, you know, this wasn't a parable. Like this wasn't some story that Jesus was telling. Like, I don't think he was being over the top or hyperbolic about this. Like, I think he was literally meaning like, you know, it's better if you were not alive anymore than to Mm -hmm. cause other people to fall into sin. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, Because you're spared for eternity. Like if you, it's better that you die and not sin so that you don't go to hell.
0: Yeah. And you know, the first thing that kind of jumped off the page to me when I was reading this and thinking about it was, why don't we take sin as serious as Christ did? or not sin necessarily, but temptation, Um, take that as serious as Christ did. And I read this great quote from C.S. Lewis. And C.S. Lewis says, a silly idea that is current, or a silly idea is current that good people do not know what temptation means. This is an obvious lie. Only those who try to resist temptation know how strong it is. A man who gives into temptation after five minutes simply does not know what it would have been like an hour later. That is why bad people, in one sense, know very little about badness. They have lived a sheltered life by always giving in.
1: That is a good, good quote.
0: Yeah, and I think a lot of the reasons why we don't take temptation to sin quite as serious as Jesus did, we just give in, you know? We all have certain desires, certain temptations that we give into, you know, sins that we fall back into time and time again. Because we
1: think we can, like I said, we're in control. I can quit doing that anytime I want but you never tried. So you don't know how hard it actually is.
0: Right. But even that, like we don't even think they're a big deal to try and get rid of. Right. Because again, look, at he's talking about not even necessarily sinning. He's talking about tempting somebody to yes. sin. Um, and when do we think that that's a big deal? You know, you're like, well, I overeat a lot. Well, I right. Think I think that have...
1: everybody like, because he, he was talking about children and it doesn't mean just children causing a a child to sin. It means anyone, any, I don't know if he means child of God, but I think it means any person, not necessarily just little children. No,
0: I think this is bigger than just little children. Right.
1: I just want to clarify that. No,
0: he's talking about anybody. I think that you tempt to sin, but you know, like we give into our temptations, right? So we don't realize the weight of being tempted. You know, I said kind of like, oh, well, I overeat a lot because I have a sweet tooth. Like, oh, shucks. Darn me. I have a sweet tooth. Or like, how many times have you heard someone that's like, you know, I drink more than I should, but it's the Irish in me, right? Like it's the Scottish in me, you know, but like we take it lightly. And if you look at it from Christ's perspective, he couldn't give in. He couldn't give in a single time. Um, His eyes could not wander to that pretty girl one time.
1: What if Jesus was Irish and he had a you know, a leaning toward drinking.
0: <laughs> right. Like if you think about your it that excuse, way,
1: can he have the same excuse as you?
0: Like, yeah. if you think about what you're tempted with, like the C.S. Lewis quote, we give in after five minutes, imagine the weight of that temptation for a lifetime and never being able to give in, never being able, whatever your sin burden is. I like, can never
1: like overcome not giving in to eating something sweet when I'm stressed. I'll try to change like what it is and try to be healthier about it. But I give in to the temptation with an alternative, which shows I'm weak.
0: Yeah. That's still giving into a temptation in a certain way.
1: And that's a small thing.
0: Like I can't even overcome that.
1: that. Yeah.
0: Um, Like everything rested on him. Not like if he would have given in, given into one temptation and sin, it's done. There is no more eternal, like for eternity, it's gone. There is no additional son of God (laughs) to come and save us. You know, and uh, Paul writes in Hebrews 4.15, he says um, about Jesus, one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. So again, I think a lot of times we look at those and like, boy, those big sins. Jesus never murdered, never got, he never got angry unrighteously. He never right. got, you know, he never got slothful and right. lazy. lazy. He never got.
1: That's a tough one. He never Laziness. told a white
0: lie. You know, when they're like, hey, Jesus, you want to come and play kickball? And he's like, no. They're like, why? And he's like, I just don't like you guys that much. No. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I have to tell you the truth. I wish like, I just got to hurt your feelings. I'm sorry. Like, but just think about how much of a lifetime of prayer and denial. So when you look at it from the way of Jesus never being able to have or to give into that temptation, then you would understand where he's saying, Woe to that person yeah. that brings the temptation. Like, how dare you go and tempt somebody into a sin that may eventually lead them off the narrow path? Right. Woe to you, like man, yeah. that is serious. It's when woe you think to you and
1: woe to them if they give into the temptation. Whether they give into that temptation or not, yeah, you're going to be judged for purposefully. You know, you're tempting them. Yeah, I'm sure I mean, there's some times you're ignorant of something but once it's you're made aware
2: yeah
0: right i mean because obviously that first part or you know the second part there he's talking about cutting your hand off and your eye that's talking about you giving into sin right but that first part he's talking about you leading others into sin Mm -hmm. and um you know i think when you look at the different situations in your life where that you know i kind of wrote down just a simple like a boyfriend trying to coerce their girlfriend into premarital sex. Christ is saying, woe to you mm-hmm. <laughs> for that temptation, right? Like yeah. you're the idiot on social media, trying to drive everyone to act out in anger, that slimy weasel of a politician that's sustaining, you know, hatred and division in the nation. Like he's saying, woe to you, um, for what you're doing to other people. Um, so I wrote down just a few areas that I think we all, um, are guilty of leading others into sin. Now, there's doubtlessly like thousands and thousands of other ways that we lead people into sin. These are just the ones that came up to me. Um, so I wanted to go first and foremost because it always, always gets the most pushback. Um, oh, and that's modesty yeah. or immodesty, if you will. Uh, how many times has your immodesty led others into sin? And mm-hmm. so often when it comes to that talk and you, talk to someone about being more modest so that others don't be led into temptation, what do they always jump to? Like, it ain't my fault that he can't control his eyes or he can't control his lust. Uh I would tell you to read Matthew 18, woe 7 to through 9 again. As well. Because Jesus is saying, woe to you.
1: If you can't even let go of your wardrobe, you will not, won't be able to cut off your hand. Like, if you can't do the small thing, how are you going to be able to What are you going to sacrifice? That's what it comes down to. You can't even sacrifice that for the sake of someone else.
0: No, I mean, so immodesty, I think, is a big one. And it's not just women that are guilty of that. Men are as well. Yeah. You know, they're trying to flaunt themselves as much as they can, too. Um, Fear is one. You know, how Mm -hmm. often do we let others uh, or lead others, I'm sorry, into a place of fear over, you know, whatever somebody's doing or, you know, what's being done? I just think of
1: Facebook, like Are you going to post some fearful article? Like, stop and think is this true? Is this something that's helpful? Is it going to just cause people to be in fear? Am I stirring up uh, peace? Like, think on the things of God. Are we just causing fear in the body of Christ? Like, you're tempting people to fear. Like, that's a hard one for me when I think about that. Like,
0: our entire political establishment is built on make the people really afraid and then tell them how you're going to save them. That's our entire yeah. media or our entire media and political class in this country. So fear is one, but you know, they're not the only ones guilty of it. I mean, we all have those friends and we've been that friend at time posting stuff and like, Oh, did you see what they're doing? Oh my God. Look at this. Pay it. Like, and we're driving people to a place of fear, which is ungodly. And we're just
1: trying to warn them. I just want to warn you. Cause I just want you to know, but yeah, yeah. oftentimes
0: you got to be careful with that. Yeah. Um, anger you know, much in the same way as fear. Again, social media, you can go on there and it's just nothing but people trying to pull you in the direction of anger. Again, manipulating Mm -hmm. you into a place of sin. Uh, I wrote down your dating life, right? Again, how often does our dating life uh, lead or we try to lead basically our partners into a, a place of impure thoughts or maybe sexual immorality. And we don't weigh that cost and that temptation that we're placing in their life. You know, Christ is yeah. saying woe to you when you're like if you're not We love each other, man.
1: With the goal of marriage, like soon, you're tempt. You're causing a, t- a temptation in your life, and you're causing yourself to be a temptation to the person you're dating. Like, unless it doesn't glorify like God.
0: Our American way of dating, yeah, is that. in any way godly or Christian, right? oh, I'm dating my girlfriend. So we're just going to move in together and then get married in a couple of years. Like, and
1: then five years, I might say, I love you. Yeah. And then she'll freak out and leave me
0: (laughs) Yeah, the the, uh, sitcom relationship. Um, but you know, if you have your guy nights or your girl nights out, right. I mean, how often do you lead other people into gossiping or slandering again? That's woe to you, right. For leading people into that sin. Um, I wrote down pride, you know, maybe on a bigger scale, but you know, the simple way that we fawn all over celebrities mm. or, um, you know, you had think of like the idea of, I went to, <laughs> went to a concert when I was like 13. Um, it was my first concert I ever went to. My dad bought us tickets to Sync at the Pontiac Silverdome in Detroit. So we went to this Sync concert when I was like 13 and it was just, I don't know, 20,000, it seemed Probably. like just insane, screaming, raving, lunatic women. And I was like, looking back on that now, I'm like, what did that do to the pride and arrogance of these boys that they were at that time on stage? Yeah, they
1: were young.
0: Like yeah. they're lar- And I was like, Man, well, how do we tempt them into the giving in that sin of mm-hmm. pride with all these celebrities? And we do it in our day-to-day life and stuff, too. But, I mean, that's a temptation that we lead people into uh, sin. You know, gluttony or drunkenness, obviously. You know, I feel like most of our churches are guilty of that gluttony See, <laughs> I mean, our, don't
1: tempt me. I ain't going to that love feast.
0: <laughs> I know we shouldn't be going on that road of, uh, you know, well, our church is not too bad. We don't we really overeat, have
1: self-control. But, uh, it's a feast. It's
0: every other church. Doggone it. That's wrong. Um, <laughs> but even, you know, down the road of being judgmental, I think, right? How many times do we lead other people into thinking of themselves as better than somebody? Um, you know, high school is a big one, obviously, right? We all think of that, but we do it as adults too. You know, you trash somebody else, your coworker. So then you're walking around being like, better than that, dude. You know, thank God I'm not that idiot over there that, you know, now we're being yeah. judgmental and we're being sinful. And you're leading someone if you're tre- you know, teaching them to be judgmental of others and stuff like that. So
1: Yeah, I was thinking of another one, like tempting someone to – covet maybe if you um boast too much about what you have especially to somebody who you know doesn't have as much you know you're causing them to covet and to be discontent um oh, yeah. with what they've been given i know people like to say oh god is good he's blessed me but it's usually people are focused on the material things worldly things well like, would
0: you say that's a sin then i mean how facebook is famous for that right like your facebook life <clears throat> everything's perfect is that basically? I don't coveting my life, this fake life that I'm presenting to everybody. I don't know. I mean I don't it might know, be. But it, maybe it the depends. way you
1: talk about it.
0: It's a hard Just be issue.
1: careful with who you're maybe um talking with about what you own. Because we know materialism is, is well, huge. Well then you gotta be careful and,
0: too. I mean, because your own heart will tell you, you know, if not necessarily because the heart is deceitful, but you know if you're telling somebody about what you got and it's puffing you up with a sense of pride and they're like wow man you just got a new car that's so awesome and you're like it is pretty awesome then i'd be like "Ooh, maybe i'm yeah. not doing what i should be doing so uh, yeah. listen to yourself listen i mean if the holy spirit resides in you then listen to that and if you're like i shouldn't you be- can't be like
1: driving down the road and be like look at that guy with his fancy car oh he's he's tempting me to covet he's tempting me to sin. <laughs> no. no i don't mean like that
0: no but if you walk into your <laughs> you know your brother who just got out of prison and is living in the hood and you're mm-hmm. like just got a new lincoln it's pretty sick and he's like
1: maybe you're tempting him to steal awesome. or to you know, get so whatever. money I mean, in a but but yeah, the wrong kind of way just,
0: i mean again there's a thousand other ways that but i'm just yeah the point is that we i don't think as a american christian culture focuses on enough is not just our sinning, but how do we tempt others into sin? Yeah. Um, And I think a lot of times because we don't see the effects of sin, you know, and I think that's what we kind of talked about, you know, this idea of going to heaven and we're just praising Jesus at, you know, at his throne for all eternity. It's so boring. But maybe when you get there and you see the wages of sin and the ravages, Mm. you may be falling on your face uncontrollably (laughs) for all of eternity. being Like, I didn't realize the trail of tears that I left behind me with everything that I did and the lives that I ruined and,
2: you know, whatever
0: it is, you know, you obviously know the big ones, you know, children of sexual abuse, you know, like the odds of them becoming sexually abusive to their kids is, you know, way higher than anything. So like, you can see some of the big ones, but we don't notice the whole like, oh, well, you know, I led someone into like sinning covetously and. And you don't see the ravages of that sin because we don't see spiritually. Mm-hmm. So maybe you get to heaven and you, you see what you did or you at least realize what you did. Um, so, I mean, who knows? But yeah. I just think we need to be careful for that. Because um, again, you know, he says, woe to you, right? He says, you're better off if you're dead. Um, so does that seem harsh? I don't know. I mean, I think when you look at it from the sense that you're, potentially leading someone to miss the mark um, to stray from the narrow path. I don't think it's too harsh Um, in that case. If you are potentially pulling someone off the narrow path, yeah, it's better if you're dead. Um, Just go away from the situation.
1: Anything you do where you're like, well, it ain't my fault. It's on them. They mess up, but you know what you're doing with all of this.
0: Yeah. If you you ever have, if you ever have the words come out of your mouth or you hear them, that someone says, it's not my job to stop them from sinning or something. You better just grab them up by the collar and be like, oh, yeah, it is. It's absolutely your job to make sure people aren't sinning. Yeah. You can't prevent them, but yeah. you better not be helping. If
1: it's in your power to do good and you don't do it, it is sin. So if it's in your power to not be a temptation and you don't care, you're And sinning. we all
0: see this in certain areas. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I think of the drunkenness one. You know, we've all had, or at least know, kind of like the family member who was an alcoholic. So when they come around, you don't have alcohol in the house.
1: Yeah, you right. Know, you're
0: like, I don't want to tempt them in that area. We get rid of it.
1: Yeah, you respect but, them, and
0: but then know. you go to a a 30 year old girl and go, "You shouldn't wear that bikini to the beach because that you know all these guys struggle with lust, and they're like, not my job to make sure he doesn't. Yeah, it is. It's no different than the other one. Um, yeah, you know, so. I just would encourage you all, we are, you know, working on this just as, as well as anybody. Yeah.
1: We're not right. talking about this, like we got it all perfected, but that's what, that's why we want to discuss all this with you yeah, guys. That's why and we need
0: to sharpen each other. And
1: definitely it's all just, I've never heard this teaching this way until he brought it up. And I, I mean, I thought about it's wrong to be a temptation to somebody else. And I've always thought of it, you know, more, more so in modesty, because that's always more of the talk, but In all these other areas, just even in thinking about your kids, don't tempt them to, um, desire the things of the world, you know, just in earning money, even like just teaching them things like that. Like, oh, you want to earn money so you can get this. And like, are we teaching them to covet? I don't know. That's kind of where my mind was going. Like steer them differently. Like, are we tempting them? And we don't well, I think know as it. long
0: as you have this mindset, you know, you'll be more mindful of your actions, you know, because you may not be intentionally trying to steer them towards covetousness or something like that. And that's yeah. fine. Um, but if you're in that mindset and you're having a talk with someone, if that pops in your mind that like, am I potentially planting a, a seed of temptation in them? You know, then just be aware of that. And you know, Whoa, like I'm just going to back off of this or whatever, but yeah, you know, I just think that we need to start taking our, uh, our behavior, mm-hmm. our sin, obviously personally, but then the behaviors that lead others to sin yeah. as serious as Jesus meant it. Um, cause we don't live in a bubble, you know, where our actions don't affect others. They do, they a hundred percent affect other people. And yeah, you know, what you do, what you say, how you act, how you overreact, yeah. um, all of that has ramifications. Mm-hmm. And you know, we need to be on guard with our mouths, um, you know, how we treat others, how we see others, how they see us, um, you know, because you just you don't want to be guilty of leading someone um, away from a life of righteousness or a life that may ultimately get them into heaven. Um, you don't want to be a part of that. So I would just encourage you to reread Matthew 18, um, Man, all of it. I would pray um, about you know that. What?
1: Yeah.
0: Go back to Matthew 1 and just read the whole gospel. Um, <laughs> You'll get to eighteen eventually, but uh um, yeah, so no one here on this show at least is under the assumption that we're ever going to fully get this mm-hmm. correct. Um, you know, we're all prone to sin, yeah. but we have to start being aware of it, right This is a whole new g i g o told us G-I-G-O. knowing is half the battle.
1: I know, so. but it's like opening this up. it's like a totally different perspective on sin, and it's just like all hitting me. all these things are running through my head now I'm like i have a lot to repent of
0: yeah now whenever nikki gets out of line i tell her don't tempt me woman and she gets back in line <laughs> i'm just kidding so do you have any last thoughts to say on this before we roll into our sermon of the week
1: um no that's good i'm good all right so in
0: honor of uh big johnny mac john MacArthur, um you know since we're best friends that's how i talk about him um In honor of John MacArthur being trashed this week, we wanted to um, give you a John MacArthur sermon and let you be, uh, let you decide on your own if John MacArthur's off base or if he's worth listening to or not. So, and I just thought this sermon, I mean, it couldn't fit our show any better. Uh, The sermon is titled, How to Live in a Crooked and Perverse Generation um, by John (laughs) MacArthur. So, sums up where we live and why we started this show. So, go follow the links, check that out. And if you're on Twitter or something and you support John MacArthur, maybe let him know on Twitter that you're still standing with him. Sure, you appreciate the encouragement. Um, We also would appreciate the encouragement. Leave us a nice review, uh, like and subscribe, all that stuff. But otherwise, we will be back on Monday with our devotionals. Um, If you're not listening to those, they're five minute daily devotionals to kind of get your day started off right, hopefully. Um, And then next Saturday, we'll be back uh, with another podcast to talk about more awesome news to dive into see how the world's burning down without (laughs) vaccine mandates. so that's all we got for you guys we will see you again on monday god bless